literally in 48 hours was the richest I had ever been. And then back to flat zero. It still elevated you? It was kind of, it, it contributed to your success? That's how my therapist tells me to think about oh. it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Hello, Trevor Wallace. Hey, Anthony, hello. <laughs> hello. How are you? I feel very presidential. You why should, why yeah. do presidents always- Do this? They have very stiff movement. They've never been like, what's up? Because it's scary. You don't want any like big movements because then someone, you know, red lasers on the forehead. Oh, oh it's one of those podcasts, yeah. huh? Not to get too political. Are you a full name kind of guy? I feel like- I feel like I had to say your full name because just Trevor just sounds like generic white guy. Uh, number three. I do like a full name. Yeah, full name's great. A lot of people mistake me for Trevor Noah or Trevor Lawrence. I don't think you look anything like Trevor Noah. Personally, right. well, you know, I think we have the same body type build. <laughs> okay. Look, it's a little, it's a little different. Yeah, I think that we should start our conversation with uh, a lawsuit. You were almost in a lawsuit with White Claw. Yeah, they didn't want the smoke. Yeah, made a video uh, about White Claw 2019. In there, I go, what rhymes with claws? And I go, laws. Okay. And then I just blurted out, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Yeah. I get like PTSD when I say that. Right sentence. now, it's hard, difficult for you to say, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Yeah, there's FBI's being like, say it again. I could tell it was like, I saw a little sweat drip down well, dude, your forehead when you said it. It's like, that's the thing when I'm walking past a bar in like yeah. Santa Monica, dude, you're like, fuck it, ain't no laws. And I'm just like, <laughs> Please. The video blows up in the first like, you know, a couple of days, it's doing numbers. And I go, all right, time to capitalize. Pop mm. a cap over here. Pop a capitalize. That's me, mm. government name. Mm -hmm. So I go, all right, let me put it on a t-shirt and alter where it says white claw seltzer. I would, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Mm -hmm. But I go, you know, it's all about parody law. Let me alter a few things. I had a friend of mine who's done flyers for me. I go, can you just alter the waves a little bit so they can't come after me? Literally the wave was like this and now it was like curved like that. The photo of the shirt starts to get shed around like a meme essentially. Within 24 hours, I sold 7,000 t-shirts. Holy fuck. It was a perfect storm. It was like the video was hitting and I dropped it at the, at the right time and people were sharing the video and the shirt at the same time. Sure enough, the next day, their legal team of White Claw reaches out to my managers and they go, hey, can't be doing this. And it wasn't because of the parody law. They didn't want to get sued because somebody would get like a DUI and be like, but officer, there's no laws when you're drinking claws. And they thought it could look close enough to their logo. Oh. This is what a lawyer told me. The way that Red Bull gets away with it, because it says Red Bull gives you wings, yeah. they put multiple eyes in wings. So it's not a logical, it's not a real thing. So had I done ain't no laws with two A's, Ain't no Your boy would have been loaded. Your boy would have had four M3s. I dropped the shirts Monday. Tuesday of the next week, they're like, hey, hey, no, 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 we can't be doing this, but let's talk Wednesday. And I go, okay, maybe I'll take the shirts down. And then Wednesday, they'll be like, here's a large sum of money. You're our new brand ambassador. They come in and they, they kind of go back and forth and then they go, you know, maybe we don't think Trevor is the best fit for the brand. No brand deal, returned all the shirts. The worst company out there. I didn't make a dollar off shirt sales. Lost money because I paid the graphic designer. Literally in 48 hours was the richest I had ever been and then back to flat zero. But what happened is the shirt got ripped and people just start the logo. Like, dude, you'll walk past like Venice Beach and there's just a shirt on a mannequin. People will come to my stand-up shows wearing the shirt being like, I'm supporting you. And I'm like, you sure are. And then inside there's just like a single tear. I'm like, where did you get that? But that video brought me the most views in 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 a while. And that, mm -hmm. that really is what made tickets start selling. Mm. And it, it brought a lot of eyes to my other videos. So even if it seems like 
it was all for nothing, it still elevated you? It was kind of, it, it contributed to your success? That's how my therapist tells me to think about oh, it. Oh, okay. Did you get into comedy because it's a huge moneymaker? You know, no. comedy, one of the biggest moneymakers in the world, <laughs> right? No. I always loved comedy. I remember watching like anything Robin Williams, anything Jim Carrey growing up. Yeah. And just being fascinated. So, you know, mm -hmm. my friends would be glued to a screen watching a Dodgers game. But when a comedy was on, I would just be oh, like, I would be locked in. And I remember the first time I ever got paid to do stand-up was like 2017. And I got paid $7 at the Ice House in Pasadena, which I just performed at last weekend. That's not bad, that's more, how long was the set? Five minutes. That's not bad, I mean, that's Yo. like, what? That's like $60 Dude, that's over, an hour. Yeah, that's good. Can you describe your type of comedy? I feel like, I feel like it's very specific. Have you ever described it? Yeah, it is funny to hear how people describe it back to me. How do people describe it to you? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, dude, I love your like dumb bro humor. And yeah. I'm like, sick. Do that character you play, and I'm like, that's just me. Obviously, there's some that are like a character of like a to a ten, but I think all characters are an extension of me at some point. All the frat guy stuff, the Kyle yeah. stuff, punching holes in drywall. Geez, your boy was blowing up drywall as a child. Were you? Oh yeah. Were you an I, angry child? Yeah. Why? Because my parents loved me. <laughs> and I was like, this is too nice. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. Honestly, giving me too much love, dude. I would smash Xbox controllers. I had the biggest rage with video games. My mom was like, you're gonna give yourself an ulcer and PS, I'm not buying you a new controller. I used to bite my controller. I would get that mad. I would be playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm about to get the nuke. That's 25 kills in a row. That's big. I'd be like. <laughs> what, which bite. part of it were you biting? The joystick. Are there like bite marks on the joystick at your, yeah. at your family home? It's literally the circle is like bent upwards. It looks like a little chalupa. I would have assumed a dog got into that. Bark, bark. All these characters are stemming from some point in my life. I was in a frat. I did the frat guy stuff. They're like, you're so good at it. I'm just making fun of all the guys that I like live with at the mm -hmm. time. My biggest goal on a video is to have somebody comment and be like, this is so like, and then tag their friend. It's just the relatability. That's what makes an, a video circulate around you know, the internet is the shareability. Yeah. I think videos do well because it's either funny, relatable, or true. Yeah. And I try to hit all those. I put out a video last week is with the chain smokers. Humble I brag. said the chain smokers. Chain smokers in a video acting with you alongside you. You were the third chain smoker. Yes. What's up? And the video I loved and I spent so much time in the edit with my editor, John, and the views were fine, but there was no, why would somebody share it? There's not a, I relate to this. It's, it's like, just, oh, I was almost the third chain smoker. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But, but that one I did for me, yeah. which is good to do. You do those passion projects. You go, yeah. I love this. And who knows? Maybe next week I'll be like, uh, guys who wear Crocs be like, and that does 80 billion views. Yeah. I get sued by Crocs. Many of your characters kind of center around this hyper-masculine, bro-y, alpha male kind of character. Yeah. Where does that come from? Is that part of you? Is that- The heart. That's just, no. you grew up that way? Uh, that's you? A little bit. I think it's also a character that I can lean into and it's believable. Like, I think the perfect character is somebody watching and they go, is this guy real? Mm. Is this a real video or not? Mm -hmm. And you want to flirt that line. Because if it's too character-y, you got a dress and like a shitty wig, you look like you're in the Flintstones. Mm -hmm. Then people are like, eh, what is this? But if, it, if it's not enough character, then they're like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's like flirting that line of like, you know, I might keep my hair the same, but I might add some dangly cross earrings. Do you actually have your ears pierced? I had my, I had gauges back in the day. Oh shit. In high school, I could put my pinky through my ears. You were like a hardcore kid. I was lost. 
I, 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 <laughs> my freshman year, I got gauges. I was listening to like metal. Yeah. And then sophomore year, started like smoking weed. Still had gauges. I was just trying to like figure out who I was. And by my like junior year, I had gauges and I had a Honda Civic hybrid. Okay. With two 12-inch subwoofers in the back. Who were you being? It just anything and everyone. I was kind of just like a lint roller, just collecting personalities. Were you kind of being who you thought you should be? Yeah. Mm. I was being what other people were good at. And then mm. I tried stand-up for the first time at 17. And that was the first time I felt something click. And the first time I got a joke, the adrenaline, it like, like I'd never felt such a serotonin rush before. Like the endorphins were just like, and I, it just, it felt right. It was Cinderella putting on a shoe. And I bombed plenty of times after that. This was probably the best I could have done in this scenario. It's family, it's friends, it's supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, the comedy club owner went out before. I was like, you know, let's give these guys a lot of love, a lot of encouragement. Let's Is definitely laugh a lot. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you can get paid for this? Mm. And I just was like, whatever I got to do to get paid for this. Like, mm -hmm. whatever I got to do to make this a job. And then Vine came out. My mm -hmm. the end of my sophomore year, mm -hmm. and I remember my friend Jorge. Shout out Jorge. He was like, "Dude, people are making funny stuff on here. You got to start making stuff on there." Uh -huh. And then I just started posting some stuff, posting some stuff, and then um, randomly one of the videos took off. I just never forget. I was waiting out front of my acting class one day in college, and this guy was like, "Aren't you like on Vine?" And I was like, "What?" Is that your first time getting first recognized? Time? Yeah. I didn't have a big Vine career. Yeah. I had like two videos do like decent, but I'm glad because that just showed me how the internet works. Mm. Get a good idea, get in front of the right people, snowball effect, boom. And then it's like 2017 or 2018, I did a video about Zoomies characters, a skateboard shop. Yeah. And they, on Facebook and YouTube hit. Mm -hmm. And I felt that same feeling I had when the Vine hit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, double down. Was that the first time that you felt like this is it. I'm taking this seriously now. Yeah. I always think about like my career is like just a fireplace. Hey, fitting. And <laughs> each video is just a log. You know, mm. some would gives it a big pop. Some does nothing. Some done. So when the zoomies thing, I go, let's, let's double down. Start throwing more wood at the fire. Mm. So I did multiple characters of the zoomies one. And it kept hitting, kept hitting. And then I was like, I don't want to be. You don't want to be the zoomies guy? Don't want to be a zoomies guy. <laughs> so then I try other videos and they start bombing. Uh, Back to Zoomies. Okay, so you're like, maybe I'll be okay being the Zoomies guy for a bit. Right, well, that was my fallback. And, yeah. I, and I kept, and I would like try other ones and then go back to Zoomies, try other ones, go back to Zoomies. And then the AirPods one was the next one that like hit. And I was like, uh, thank God. So that was me just trusting my instinct. Mm. And like, I don't want to be just a Zoomies guy. I don't want to be just a Zoomies guy. And there was nights where I would be like, dude, I should have just made a Zoomies guy Instagram. I should have just been that guy. Mm. That could have been your entire character, entire career. Yeah, but I'm so glad I didn't. I just recently interviewed Shaolin monks. And yeah. one of the things that they really focus on is discipline and patience. Patience is the biggest thing. You hear things when you're younger, patience is a virtue. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Right. I want my shit immediately. Right. Patience okay? is a virtue. Come on. What is that? A bumper sticker? Give me it now. Where's my M3? I want my dopamine Used. hit immediately. Yeah. But it's true. People ask me, how did you get to the point in you know doing this show? How did you get so refined in your interviewing process? And it was, ne it was never like an overnight thing. Correct. I'm sure it's the same with your comedy. It's just doing it for long enough. 
just just trying yeah. to get a little bit better mm -hmm. and having the confidence that you will. When a video hits or an idea hits, it's kind of a blessing and a curse mm -hmm. because now there's a lot of pressure and now you're thinking on the views. Because if you if you go, I'm gonna post this video on Monday, but I already want the next idea before I post it, that idea has no inf uh, influence from how the video did. Mm -hmm. But if that video does crazy and then you're writing the next day, you're gonna be coming off that. So do you go, do I lean into it? Do I just do another one? So it's even something that flops, you can take away something positive. Yeah. You learn something from it. Yeah, I, I just try not to be too hard on myself, honestly. Yeah. Because even what is a flop in my head now, five years ago, I'd have been ecstatic to get. For sure, you gotta have that perspective. Yeah. And I try to do that too. You know, I, I grew up without much money. I grew up, I, I mean, we were struggling financially, but I found ways to be happy. I was happy, I was content. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing, you know, as you start getting older, especially if you do start seeing success, it is a, a double-edged sword because then your, your baseline for what you expect right. becomes higher and mm -hmm. higher. And then that fear right. of losing that becomes more and more intense. Yeah. But it really takes zooming out and looking back at, I mean, especially if you have the, the the point of reference of, of not being as financially well off to be like, hey, I'm, I'm fine. You know, if I if I lose everything, I didn't have really anything when I was younger and I was still fine. It's, it's oh, okay. Interesting. It's a good you know, perspective. It's, 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 you know, there's a per, the perspective of looking at your life through the lens of abundance. When I start thinking I need, that's when I go, I need to step back. Yeah. It's like, th th that's not a good way to look. I need this video to hit. I need a good idea. I need another viral video. It's like, mm -hmm. it's too, I feel like the universe knows when you're, when you, when you try too hard. Like the, the White Club video I did, filmed in maybe an hour and a half, friend's yeah. apartment, randomly just showed up. It's like the ideas that work. Me and Churdley's have been making videos together for like four or five years. And our like favorite videos are just the dumbest ones when we're just genuinely having fun. Kind of just planting a seed and not yelling at it and be like, why isn't this a tree yet? And now you're rushing that seed. Mm -hmm. Putting the seed in the air fryer. That's popcorn. That's true. But not a good popcorn. It would be a burnt, crispy, shitty little kernel. I like to eat the kernels at the bottom of the popcorn bag. Like the burnt little kernels? Yeah. yeah. You still have teeth? Some. How are your teeth? Not good. I used to break so many braces eating that type of stuff growing up. Man, you've been training your 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 bones and your teeth. The density has probably gotten so thick from chewing on those controllers. Do not put a Wii remote around me. I'll break that thing in half like a Klondike bar. Really anything. I used to chew on the wheels of Legos. Because they were squishy? Yeah. Write in the comments if you chew on the Legos. They're out there. Today's episode is sponsored by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers products that compete with expensive brands. Check this out. Durable frames clear optics for outdoor adventures with your bros. And I don't know how they do it, but they also offer the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And every purchase supports the Shady Rays Impact Program, which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventures accessible for all walks of life. And if you don't absolutely fucking love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. So there's absolutely no risk. And for viewers and listeners of the show, Shady Rays is serving an insane deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code Padilla for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Oh yeah, this episode is also sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your un wanted subscriptions, monitors your spendings, and helps you lower your bills 
all in one place. And I'm not happy to admit this, but I just found out that I've been subscribed to Fabletics for the past eight years, which put me out $5,000 and I'm not alone, okay? Most Americans are just as stupid as me and they think they only spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when it's actually closer to $200 a month. Rocket Money shows you all your subscriptions in just one place and then cancels anything that you don't want for you. It can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. And yes, I did just find out that I was being double charged for Spotify. True story. So don't be like me. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way. We're going to rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. That's rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. And yes, I am going to say this one more time. Rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. So a lot of people say comedy comes from a dark place. Did you develop your comedy as kind of a, a response to something dark going on in your life? Yes and no. I mean, I don't want to be the guy who's playing like the victim here of like, I had a terrible child. I thought I was raised great. I think my parents did a great job. I personally hear a lot of people who come from that background, but I think the type of comedy I do isn't formed from that. Where you go, like, my dad hit me in the face with a fruit by the foot one day. Yeah. Traumatizing when you're seven. Huh. Hilarious when you're 22. That's a great story as an adult. Yeah. As a child, like, actually traumatizing. Right. Like, like I, like I those moments later on are funny. Like, I remember one day my mom hit, gave me a spanking with a wooden soup ladle, and the soup ladle broke. And I started laughing. My mom's like, don't laugh. I'm trying to punish you. And I was like, yeah, but you broke it. Your body is made of steel. I have no ass. That was straight <laughs> to my hip. Just right on the bone? Yeah, broke it. And I was laughing. I think back on a lot of times of like random stuff, like how my dad told me about the birds and the bees is a joke that I do because it's just so bizarre. And it wasn't traumatizing, but it was just weird. Wait, now I gotta hear the birds and the bees story. My dad just off the dome riffed this. He didn't think it out at all. How old were you? Seventh or eighth grade. It was like an awkward age where I like knew about sex, but I didn't want to hear about it from my dad. Yeah. But he goes, your mother has a garage. Oh God. What are you? Because my oh, mother, your mother God. has a garage and I, your father, have a limousine. <laughs> I started doing this joke when I was very new in comedy and I just recently brought it back. Yeah. And I think this piece of comedy is so unique and so wild that I've never heard anything like it. Yeah. I go, this is something I have to put out there. Yeah. My dad, the first time I told it, I was so nervous because he was in the audience. He would like lean over because he would like invite his friends to shows yeah. and he'd be like, Limousine, yeah, <laughs> party bus. I don't know how I even remember that. It's not like my dad brought that up to me one day. He's like, you should tell a joke about this. I just, for whatever reason, was like, oh yeah, my dad tried to compare his dick to a limousine. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. Because mm -hmm. also, I'm half you, dog. What are we doing here? Mm. You trying to lie? Like, I know. Got that Toyota Sienna, bro. I've what are seen we doing? what your jeans are doing. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to use stuff from my childhood to make it comedy. I think comedy has the same plug and play. Mm. I grew up like this, so now I'm like that. Whether it's traumatic or not, mm. it's the same formula. When did you quit your full-time job to take the internet, you know, full-time? 2018, and you know where I did my first show? Aren't you, where are you from again? Sacramento. First show I did after quitting was in Sacramento. How did you know I was from Sacramento? Your area code when you called. Nice, very observant. Yeah, I was working at a YouTube company, All Deaf Digital, and they did comedy and music, and I was doing their social media there, and there was, and, it, and I worked there with other comedians. Mm. And there was another guy there, Kev on stage, who's another social media guy. Um, he was quitting there to do comedy full time. And I go, how much money did you save before you're like, I'm, I'm, I trust myself to do this. Mm -hmm. And he told me the amount. And I go, how much should I save? And he told me the amount and I had double that. And I go, oh. I'm out, let's do it. 
put in my five-week notice because I was polite. Five weeks, aggressive. Five weeks. I was like, guys, just a heads up. Yeah. I'm going to be out of here next season. Yeah, 38 more days and I'm gone. But I had a show up in Sacramento and I made a video out there making fun of Sacramento bros called Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Sacramento bros are a very special band. Yeah. They all drive race pickup trucks. And it was that's exactly what it was. It was like like uh, windbreaker button-ups at the top with like a snapback right on my forehead vaping, going mm-hmm. to the Joe's Crab Shack in downtown. Ooh. Yeah. Good re- specific. Deep reference. Yeah. What, what about the NorCal Star tattoo? Yes. That was in the thumbnail, I believe. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's when I was really able to focus everything into my work. Because mm-hmm. everything I did all then funneled into the Trevor Wallace career and mm-hmm. growing that. I remember telling my parents, like, that was my, like, biggest moment, I think, was being, like, sitting them down. They probably thought I was going to tell them something way different. Mm. Cancer. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Hopefully not. Yeah. Nice. That is real wood. Wow. Yeah. I didn't really have money like that. That's, dude, for real. But I was like, hey, I'm going to quit my job. And they were like, we saw this coming. We're glad. And like to me, their like approval meant so much to me. I was able to edit more, post more, collab more, and that's when I started filming with Trudley's. Um, mm-hmm. It was right when I quit, and the first video we did together just clicked. I think that was my favorite time in my sketch comedy career was just you know making stuff with my best friend, having it be something where the ideas just come up randomly. At the end know? of the day, it should be fun to film that stuff. And then I feel like toward the end of my time with smosh because it was so corporatified yeah corporate cor- com- corporatified big hollywood it was big hollywood so it was like you know writing room it was like yeah this is your time to be creative with this one hour you better come up with five yeah. ideas and exactly. something about that just really turned me off from it and i was i was not right like, being funny was the last thing on my versus if you just went on a walk in the park with another rider, mm-hmm. you have an hour here versus an hour in a room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely think the walk in the park, you'd have the better ideas. For me, it's so hard to sit down at a desk and be like, what is funny? I, I just have to be like, I just have to let it come to me. And I just trust that it will. And if I don't feel creative, I'll either go on a walk, I'll work out, I'll go to lunch with somebody. Because it's there. But the best stuff comes when you're in the moment. Yeah. When you're in that character, yeah. and the camera's on, and you don't know why no rhyme or reason you would say that thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know how dumb the phrase ain't no laws when you're drinking claws on paper would sound? Like, if somebody told me to say that, I'd be like, well, fucking Hallmark card? What am I doing here? You just gotta let it, f- like, come to you. Uh-huh. At, at least it works for me. I think most jobs out there do require you to be very precise about what you do. But I feel like comedy, especially the kind that you make, it requires this trust, this, you know, this confidence. Well, it's also being present. You know, the best ideas are right around you. But so oftentimes I'm running late or I got to go A to B or B. Okay, I got to show at seven, but I got to think at eight. Then I got to. But when your head is in that racing place, you're missing all these, op- these observations around you. Mm-hmm. My next best video idea could be tonight when I'm walking to a Whole Foods and I see some random kid mm-hmm. do whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. It's just being present. It's about noticing the things that yeah. are there. What's trending? What's big? What's great? What's. Just, I mean, it's the same thing when like you're noticing that YouTube is changing. You go, okay, well, I guess I got to start going vertical. It's just noticing the change mm-hmm. around you. One of my favorite mm-hmm. videos is a video I made about Bang Energy. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about that company. The CEO's a jacked guy on steroids, but it's funny that they have like birthday cake flavor and has 300 milligrams of caffeine. Who <laughs> is that for? You know, the 14 year olds that want to die. I mean, but you see enough people doing a thing and you go, that's. Yeah. It's where there's an audience, there's a video. It's kind of like looking at clouds in the sky. You go, 
you are the first to name, oh, that cloud looks like Bart Simpson. Yeah. And then other people are like, oh, it does look like Bart Simpson. Mm. That's all I'm trying to do with a video idea. I just thought, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on some DMT Joe Rogan shit right now. Dude. But it's just getting people, it's just using the, the blessing of observation and being like, this is funny. These are my observations. And people go, yeah, you're right, share. Yeah, and it's true. You know, some people call artists, creators that they really enjoy, they'll be like, you're a genius. And it's like, well, when you zoom out and think about what you're actually doing, you're being present. Yeah, yeah. You're being confident. You're trusting your intuition. You're mm -hmm. saying, I think that is a great, that that could be turned into something. I yeah. just need to sit on that specific thing. Of course. That's you're, not necessarily genius behavior. Yeah, you're just bringing people to your side. Here's a, here's how I view a thing through my eyes. And hopefully it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're like, sometimes you just miss the barometer. Damn. We're like, guys who wear this be like, and they're like, yeah. ah, that's not what I thought. True, but then it's also having the confidence to, to move on and go to the next, this is the thing through my eyes. Right. And I think that we get so caught up on perceiving ourselves through other people's eyes and thinking about the way we look, thinking about the way that you know we want to fit in, we want to be part of something that, that's I think the disconnect between someone who is really, really good at creating stuff for others versus someone that just consumes. Right. You know, you're, you're either a creator or a consumer. Yeah in the modern world of course i mean i don't watch hardly any tv you're not really consuming no by me not consuming i'm going i'll find something else out there in the world that i can make fun of than watching tv but the answer of tv is already there the joke's already there it's here's the show here's the people and then you're just watching observation and be like he always does this he always does that then you can be like oh let me make a sketch out of that a lot of people do it mm -hmm. you know people make fun of like love island all the time mm -hmm. or um I don't even know what other shows are. That's about it in your world? But I don't even know shows. What it is, is where do you choose to be observant? Is it TV? Is it real life? And I guess I'm just in the real life part. So what's next? What's what is next? next in your life, your career? Big plans, man. I Yeah, the goal is to film a comedy special. It's uh, a mixture of material I've been working on in the past eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. Some very new, some old, like the limousine one. I definitely want to put that in there. Mm -hmm. Your dad will be proud. He'd be pumped. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do a shot of him in the crowd. He'll, be, mm -hmm. he'll have to be there. There he is. He's like, that five inch limousine. He's wearing a chauffeur outfit. Yeah. That'd be great. And then, you know, I, I would like to pitch a show around, but if he doesn't get picked up, whatever. Just, I, I, I don't know. I, I need to figure out what the bigger scope is, but I love what I'm doing now. Find a way to have a more controlled scope of what the next couple months in videos looks like. And then once I get that under control, all right, what's the next six months looks like? Get that under control, what's the next year look like? Like the question is like, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years ago. I, I mean, fucking was, hate that question. I, what, 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 huh? I hate that question so much. Like, do you think anybody five years ago is like, well, I'm gonna survive a pandemic, huh? You have to be able to go with the flow, right? Correct. In a creative space, five years could be amazing. Five years could be average. Five years could be terrible. So you don't really know. You're like, I don't, I go week by week, essentially. And if you planned for your next five years, five years ago, you would not know that YouTube shorts exist, TikTok no. exists, like none of these no, things No, exactly. Exist. That's why I think a part of, the important part for comedy and observational stuff is being present. And you can't be present if you're looking too far off in the future. Boom. Put it on a t-shirt. I won't sue you if you do that, by the way. Sorry, please don't do it. I Lawsuit. I won't sue White you. Claw. You can do it if you want. Yeah. I, won't, I won't sue you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'd like to manifest getting a few small like roles on a show like Dave or something like that. Yeah. Like it's some, I think it'd be cool to do a quick couple cameos in some traditional Hollywood stuff, but not spend all my time in that. 
because I still want to create YouTube I, right. the content. I, I never want to neglect that audience because it's the audience that got me here today. And I, and I feel like it's unfair. I mean, a lot of people kind of do that. They pop off on YouTube and they're like, sayonara, suckers. I think once you get used to creating your own content for yourself, your own brand, your own career, I feel like you don't ever want to fully step away from that. No, 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 no. Well, you might, but you want to return because you, you go on a traditional set and there's 47 people putting a mic pack on you and they're like, all right, yeah. don't move here. How does this fit? Make up this, that. You're like, are we going to film anything today? I don't know. I, I just love the freedom that I can get an idea today, shoot it today, get it out tomorrow. Do you think there will ever be a day where you're like, I am retired. I have moved away from the hustle bustle in the city. I'm in my cabin in the woods, just by myself with my beautiful hot wife and, and three dogs. I'm a cat guy. Cats. Three yeah. cats. Um, I think there's a happy middle ground to that. But I don't think I would ever just get out of it. You think it just is, comes from an innate drive? Yeah. An innate passion to create, to, to, to do comedy? I mean, it's, it's like an addiction. You do stand-up comedy every single night for 15 years, and then you don't do it. Like a month goes by, and you're like, who do I tell about peanut butter? I need to right. yell... <laughs> I need to yell about the oil on top of the natural peanut butter. Who? Where's the stage? Where's the... So in a sense, it's an outlet for yes. your emotions, your right. thoughts. Once it becomes part of your lifestyle, you don't want to give it up. Yeah. So I think the future is just film a comedy special and see what opportunities that brings me or does not bring me. And you'll be okay either way. Either way. I've gotten mistaken for Drake Bell or Josh Peck. I'm not sure which one. Oh. One time, Ian and I uh, were shooting a Smosh video and these like six-year-old kids were hanging out and they're like, oh my God, I think that's, I think that's yeah. Drake and Josh. Yeah. They asked us for an autograph and I signed it as, really? As, I was like, am I Drake or am I Josh? I don't know. What, I, how'd you sign it? I, I signed it as Josh Peck. Nice. Yeah. And you probably have the same thing where people just kind of look at you, they go, I don't know what I know this man from, but I know oh, this yeah, from somebody. Yeah. People definitely come up to me and they're yeah. like, you're, are you on the internet? Yeah. Are you on the internet? Yeah. I feel dumb when people are like, I know you, they're like, what do I know you from? And I'll be like, the internet. And they're like, oh, the internet? And I'm like, well, I'm not lying. But the thing is, everyone... It's just such internet. a vague term. Yeah, yeah. That's like being like, where do I know you from? Probably life. The existence of reality? Yeah. 